This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hawkin, and leader of the Parenting for Faith team. This is the final episode of season three. So we are going to have a little bit of a break over the summer. Well, I say a break. Anyone with children who sees the summer holidays coming knows it's not really a break. It's just a different way of life, a different way of doing things. Uh, We're going to be at United Festival, so that's New Wine. If you're there either week A or week B, do come and find us at the Resources Hub. We would love to chat to you. And we're also running seminars um, all throughout the week. We're going to be in the 0-4 Families venue um, and running some seminars in the afternoon as well. That'll all be available in the programme. But do come and say hi. We would absolutely love to see you. So for our interview today, I'm chatting to Joanne Gilchrist. Now, some of you may remember Joanne. She did one of our Facebook Lives a few months back. Um, But I wanted to drill down a little bit deeper into the app that she's made and the books that she's written and really ask about how we help our children to understand the character of God, who he is and how to go deeper in that. She's got a great analogy uh, involving chocolate. I mean, what's not to love? Um, And just some really interesting things to say. So uh, we're going to hear from Joanne in a moment. And then after that, we've had a question sent in about siblings, about when there are a lot of children and what that looks like. And we thought, who better to answer this than Lucy Rycroft? If you haven't discovered Lucy over at the Hopefield family, she is just a dream. When I see her newsletters, I always actually want to read it. And if you wade through your inbox like I do, uh, you'll know what a rare thing that is. Uh, Lucy has four children, two birth children, two adopted children, uh, and she's got some great wisdom for us. So thank you so much, Lucy, for answering that question. And as usual, we'll finish with a question to spark an interesting conversation with your child. Uh, So now I'm going to hand over to Joanne Gilchrist. Hi, so I'm here with Joanne Gilchrist. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us, Joanne. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, hello. Yes, I'm I'm Joanne. I am a mother of three beautiful, fabulous girls. My husband's a children's worker. Um, and I write for mostly for children. I have an app and, and books that I write and I run a charity called Ruach Resources, which produces these resources to help children connect with God and have conversations with grown-ups about God. Wow. I love even in that intro, there's so many things in there that I want to ask you about. Um, let's start with what inspired you to create these resources. You've got this app, you've got books, you've got loads of stuff going on. Um, why? Why? Why did you make those things? Well, I used to be involved with running Alpha courses, Alpha a lot in my church, and I noticed a lot of of mums, mostly mums, because I was a mum and I connected with other mums, would would come to faith maybe for the first time, and they would have children asking them about what they're doing and what they what they believe, and they wanted to share with their children what they believe now and the things that they're learning and but they'd only just learned it themselves. So it was all brand new to them and they certainly didn't have the words to translate that for their children. And so they would go to the Christian bookshop and look for resources. But these resources assumed a level of knowledge that they just didn't have. They assumed that kids knew what the Bible was or knew 
the word Jesus came from, or they just knew that the basics of, you know, John 3.16 means that you open up the Bible to this area. But that was all brand new. They didn't know anything like that. So I decided to create something starting from the the basics, the very basics of who who is God. And there's lots of resources on Bible stories and on values. I found lots of resources on values that you could share with your children, Christian values, but there wasn't much focusing on God's character. So I just decided to give it a go. I was like, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, let's give it a go. Let's try writing some stuff. So I would create these sort of A4, two A4 pages of questions and answers. And, and my five-year-old loved if it was interactive she loved a devotional that was interactive if she was coloring while you were reading and asking questions she stayed so much more focused she was doing something and participating in the in the in the devotion I suppose it was and she loved it so much more so I wanted to create this activity devotional based on God's character and then someone just said to me oh have you thought about making an app I can't even remember who it was and I thought, well, yeah, if I, if I make a book, it might sell a few hundred copies. But if I make an app, I could reach I could reach millions all over the world. And so that's what started me on the journey of creating God for You app. Wow. And before we go any further, what is the app and how do people get it? <laughs> well, you just download it on your phone. It's in the Play Store, in the App Store. If you've downloaded it in the past, hopefully um, it will look a bit different. We've just relaunched it. We've just revamped it to look a bit different and be a bit more user-friendly, a few less bugs in it, um, and lots of new features. But it's it's a series of short of short activity devotions, really, um, little games you can play focused on one Bible verse, which will focus on one characteristic of God at a time. And then there's some videos and games and um, songs and things like that as well. Okay, so you uh, mentioned there that there's lots of resources around Bible stories and lots around values, but you've decided to really focus on who God is and his character. What are the key things that you think our children should know about God? I suppose the thing I focus on the the most is the goodness of God. I quite often think about a chocolate bar and how you have dairy milk and then you have fruit and nuts. And I think that most of us think that we are, are pretty decent people on the whole and we're good people, but we know we've got bad bits in us. If we were a chocolate bar, we might be fruiting that. We know we've got bits in us that maybe are not perfect. We make mistakes, we do things wrong, and um, we sin. You know, whereas God would be, you know, your dairy milk. <laughs> he's goodness through and through. Whichever way you cut God, whatever way you break God, whichever way you're trying to examine God, he's good through and through. And we know that because Jesus said so and when he was asked he said he was told only only god is really good only god is goodness itself only god is the fullness of goodness so i suppose i do focus on on that yeah goodness of god that's brilliant i love that analogy i'm also really anti-fruit and nuts i don't know how you feel but <laughs> i just feel like it spoils the actual chocolate so <laughs> um i i especially like that analogy So one of the key tools we talk about in Parenting for Faith a lot is unwinding, which is just spotting when your child says something or does something which shows their view of God has gone a little bit funny. (laughs) It might not be totally wrong. It's often not totally wrong. It's just there's a little bit of an imbalance. They've got a bit too used to Jesus being their buddy and their best friend and following them around, or they think he's more distant than he is, or 
they've been learning lots about his justice and they need to know about mercy or, you know, all those kind of things. And I just thought you'd be a really good person to ask when you spot something like that, when your child says something or does something and you think, oh, that's not quite right. um, How how might you approach that? I suppose I'm quite a words person, so I'd probably my instant reaction would would just be to to try to explain maybe the other side of it. But I suppose if that was me, I would probably then look a bit inward and say, well, have I perhaps not? displayed that myself in, in my own life and in my own relationship with my daughter am I perhaps being have I, is our relationship a little bit imbalanced am I being a bit too harsh and strict or a bit too um like a doormat or something like like I would perhaps look at that because children do learn first and foremost they learn about God through through us but not just through us through our church community as well so I suppose without trying to put too much blame or emphasis on 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 just me as a parent as well I would want to my child to be exposed I suppose to other Christians and to a community of Christians as much as possible because they're going to learn from other people as well in, in the community um and perhaps I would just go and go and get a book go and get a book <laughs> for children about um about God and try and find one that is balanced and try and find a resource that is more balanced that looks at all the different aspects God and all the different characteristics of God and tries to blend them together and tries to, to show how they work together and complement each other and how there are moments where we see more of one characteristic than another and I guess that's what I try and create is those kind of resources. Yeah and thank you for doing that because as you say there's not a lot of stuff out there and I think there is a freedom too that you don't have to have the exact right response straight away one of the things I've had to learn that's really helped me is to say, oh, that's that's an interesting idea. Well, that's a bit funny. I'm not sure what I think about that. Um, Mummy, I'd love mm-hmm. to talk to you about that a little bit later and just give yourself a little bit of breathing room to come back to it or just start the conversation and open it up. Something you were saying earlier was that you really want people to know is to, you know, not shut kids down but to have the conversation I'd I'd love to hear a bit more on that how to how to do that and keep the conversation going last year I did some formal theological study I did a graduate certificate in theology ministry and mission and it was really interesting reading some of the research around children's spirituality by people like um Rebecca Nye I think it is and people like that and some a lot of the research said that children have a natural spirituality but it kind of gets suppressed as they get older because people stop talking about things they ask questions about god and people don't know the answers so they they just shut it shut the conversation down and children learn that talking about spiritual things will will hit a brick wall so this so they stop they might learn that it's actually a taboo thing to talk about they might get laughed about talking about god or anything spiritual in, in the classroom and they might learn that at home it just doesn't get them anywhere so they stop asking so I suppose that shaped my ministry and, and my writing a little bit into not wanting to provide answers so much as wanting just to keep the conversation going and open up the conversation so I recently wrote wrote a book called who made God and it's the kind of question that children ask when they're maybe four five six seven and yet the answers that I, I write about and the kind of the ways that we try to reconcile it in our adult brains they're too young to understand that 
at six and seven, they, they do really understand the concept of a timeless God. And yet, when we are old enough to understand it, we've stopped asking a question. Mm. So I'm like, how do I pitch this book? The question is what children are asking, but the answer can only really be understood when they're older. So I suppose it's changed my focus from instead of trying to answer the questions, just keeping the conversation going. So there's lots in my books um, that encourage asking a grown-up and chat with a grown-up. Yeah, fantastic. And you've recently written a new book uh, along with Shel Paris called Next Steps to Following Jesus. That's really about exploring this in all sorts of different ways. Do you want to tell us a bit about that and how people might use that? Yes. Next Steps to Following Jesus was written to help children read the Bible. We give children Bible stories and then when they hit maybe six or seven or eight, we give them a full Bible. And I don't know about your children, but my kids just didn't know where to start all of a sudden making that leap to a full Bible. Um, or perhaps they go to an event and they 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 respond to the gospel in some sense. Um, and But where do they start? Where do they go next? So we wanted to write something to help those children between sort of six and 11 years old where do they go next? They've, they've discovered about Jesus. They want to find out more where next. So we wrote this next steps following Jesus, which focuses on who Jesus is, what Jesus did and is like. So there's 30 different pages um, focusing on Jesus forgives, Jesus heals, Jesus' first miracle, Jesus says, follow me, Jesus prays, Jesus cares for children, uh, all the way through to the Last Supper crucifixion the resurrection and how jesus sends us the holy spirit um, but each each one is um suppose we've tried to tailor the activity part of it to different children's spiritual styles so i was also reading about spiritual styles when i was studying and how some people are very word people but some people are more more feeling a symbolic kind of people some people like to use their brain to figure things out, whereas other people just prefer to feel their way. And some people just don't rate words at all. It's all about action. What can we do about this? And then other people are very creative and in the moment and want to experience something in response to what we read. So we've tried to tailor the book towards all those different kinds of personalities. And it is brilliant. I love the, as a parent of more than one child, it's really nice to look at something and think, this is something we could look at together, but people could have freedom to respond in different ways. And, you know, you feel different on different days. So just to have options, I think it's really healthy and makes getting to know God and connecting with him part of everyday life that you can weave in, you know, depending on that, on their interests and what, what their, um, the way that they want to connect and interact with God at the moment. So, yes. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Joanne. Uh, if people want to access those resources and find out more, what's the best place for them to go? Yes. Well, there's my personal website, joannegilchrist.com. Um, but then also the God for Kids website has information about the app and it also has a blog um, for grown-ups, a grown-up corner, where if your kids are asking questions that you don't know how to answer, hopefully there's some help for you as a parent on how you can kind of develop your own relationship and understanding of God. Fantastic. Thank you so much. We'll pop those links in the show notes. Uh, Go and check that out. So we had this question sent in on Facebook. You can keep sending us questions over the summer, whether that's on Facebook, Instagram, via our website, on the email. We just love hearing from you. Uh, And this is the question. 
Can anyone recommend a book or podcast series looking at parenting larger families? Many of the books I've read have great strategies for listening and responding to children. However, I'm struggling to do this with four kids at the same time. My eldest, eight-year-old daughter, has started saying things like, I hate having so many siblings. And while I totally understand where she's coming from, the noise at times is pretty loud. My general response to her is, suck it up, buttercup. What other strategies might work better? Love the honesty of that question. Love that it includes uh, the phrase buttercup. Um, As I say, I thought the very best person to answer this would be Lucy Rycroft from the Hopeful family. So let's hear from Lucy now. Oh my goodness, I feel your pain. (laughs) I have four children too, between seven and 12, and it is busy, busy. And I remember when the eldest was eight and the youngest was three, and that was even busier. So I want to encourage you, I guess, that as your children get older, no, it doesn't become any less busy. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But it does become a little less demanding on your time. Um, Your children become more independent and they're less sort of mummy, mummy all the time. and, And you feel slightly less pulled in four different directions so I do want to encourage you that things do get a little bit easier and a bit more straightforward from that respect but that's not very helpful to you right now (laughs) when you're in the midst of it so I want to just share a couple of things I've found over the last few years and really this goes for all of us whether we've got four children six children one child three children two children Honestly, I think all of us at different points struggle or feel like we're struggling with spending enough one-to-one time with our children or our child. And, and what, can we do, what can we do about that? How can we sort of uh, change that mindset? Well, I think, first of all, it is a mindset. I, I think that it's quite a modern mindset. And if you go back into history, you find people having many, many children, maybe 10 or 12 children. Uh, they couldn't possibly give them one-to-one time like we envisage giving our children one-to-one time today. So in the past, siblings would very much have cared for each other and, and the parents themselves would have had very, very little hands-on time with their children and certainly very little one-to-one. It just didn't happen. So I think it's good to just place ourselves in the context of where we are and remember that our children don't need to have like low, you know, hours of one-to-one time every single day or every, even every single week. They don't need that, you know, and we mustn't allow ourselves to be pushed into that mindset by social media. Actually, our children need, um, they need our love and they need our time and they need our attention. But that doesn't mean that every single weekend we've got to make sure we take them out and do something special with them. That's just not going to happen, especially in a big family. Um, but the second thing I want to say is really in terms of time being spent with our children, it's quality over quantity. So, yeah, you might want to take your child out for a lovely game of crazy golf or you might want to take them to the cinema or do something really fun with them. The reality is it might mean that you take your child to the supermarket, you know, one-to-one time might might be gained in that way, or it might be gained taking another child to a play date and you take your older child with you so that you can spend a little bit of time with them. It's grabbing these moments when we can, even if it's only a few minutes, a short car journey or a short walk, that really, really will make a difference added up over time. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that I think in bigger families especially, but smaller families too, we have a real opportunity to show our children or teach them um, life skills and independence from quite a young age because there's so much to be done in a big family. And rather than you take the hit or your husband or whoever else is in the home take the hit, involving your children more and more in doing simple tasks around the home, doing them together, will not only free up your time and make you less stressed, but it will also 
actually build your relationship as a family. It will build your relationship with your children, but it will also build your siblings, uh, sorry, your children's relationship with their siblings. So we do this very simply after dinner every night by just setting the kitchen timer for five minutes. After five minutes, they can go and play. But in that five minutes, we all work to clear up dinner together. And that's really good because it frees up my evening and my husband's evening. We still need to do a bit of clearing up, but certainly we're not doing it all evening like we were before. And it also means that we're spending that valuable five minutes together and our children know that they are valuable, that they've got something to contribute to the home and that their role within the family is super important. So I hope that gives you some ideas. It is challenging. It's a really difficult season, but you're doing fabulously, I'm sure, even to be worried about this. So keep going, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Finally, a question to ask your kids this week to spark an interesting conversation. What do you think Jesus liked doing with his parents? What do you think Jesus liked doing with his parents? Have a great conversation. As I say, this is the end of this season, so we will be back in uh, September with our Heads Up season. We would love to know what topics you want us to cover. We've got some really interesting guests lined up already, but we're thinking, what would you like the Heads Up on? So that could be something seasonal like Halloween, where you want to think about it before October the 30th. <laughs> um, or it could be issues that as your children are growing up, you're aware are coming down the track or, you know, are going to hit you at some point in the coming months or years. And you want us to interview someone with loads of expertise and wisdom and really grill them on how we can prepare. So do send in your suggestions, your thoughts and ideas over the summer. Um, do make the most of all the back episodes of the podcast. There's obviously loads and loads. And if you're not already, please, please, please make sure that you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using. You can also sign up for email notifications on our website uh, because we are having this break and we want to make sure you know when we're back in September. Have a fantastic summer. Stay in touch. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.